0: Hi lovelies. So we're on a bit of a summer vacation between season two and three while I move across the country and we all just take a break. And while we're gone, we're going to do some live streams. So keep an eye on that. We'll be posting the schedule for all the live streams on Twitter. I think sometime this week. In the meantime, to keep the feed from being empty, we're going to release some of the bonus mini episodes we've been doing on Patreon. Patreon. As well as, uh, putting out recordings of live streams occasionally. So enjoy this first one, which was our first getting to know trans voices episode where we interviewed our guest, Julia Vitasek, who was our guest in season two, episode one on Golliver travels, Golliver's travels. Anywho, this season we're gonna, when we have guests, we want to do a little interviews beforehand to warm up the guests and also get to know them a little before we start recording. And then we can have bonus content for our Patreon. So yay. Um, So let's just ask you some basic questions. First of all, how do you pronounce... Well, who who the heck are you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who the hell are you?
1: That was the roundabout way of asking me how to pronounce it, right?
0: Um, well, but now you can also define yourself in more ways than just... Sure. Is it Polish? You're presumably Polish It's Slovak. Last name? It's Slovak. Slovakian. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I'm, I'm Julia <laughs> Um. It's totally phonetic. Uh, it makes people panic, but... Um, it's not that hard. Um, I, uh, yeah, let's see. I'm a, I'm a graduate student in literature. I'm a PhD candidate at Western Michigan. I study transgender femininity specifically, not just transness. So I always have to specify that. Uh, in 18th century British literature, uh, I am a transgender woman. Uh, I use the pronouns she, her. Uh, yeah, those are those are sort of my professional details. I don't know. What we're how looking you, for.
0: How did you get interested in that? That's a very interesting thing yeah. to choose to study. And I assume <laughs> a lot of people would be like, is there trans femininity in 18th century? I'm
1: I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of the only one that does this. Um, nice. Yeah, I, it's like, it's a very roundabout kind of like series of, of just flukes, I guess, that got me into this. I was never like, you know, particularly drawn to the 18th century um I had done a master's in literature and was kind of just like looking around for what I might study at that time I was actually doing medical humanities I was really interested in plagues so this is a really interesting time to live through um and and as I was doing that one of the texts that I read was Daniel Defoe's a journal of the plague year and Mm -hmm. I liked it like a weird amount even my advisor was like I'm surprised that's the one that you're drawn to he was an 18th centuryist himself and as has been my experience people don't often seek out 18th century stuff. And so when I got to the PhD, it was like, well, I guess I'll just devote myself to the 18th century uh, as a period. Uh, You know, I was still trying to do this medical humanities thing and wasn't really feeling it. And a couple years, maybe a year into my PhD program, I transitioned. And that's when everything sort of fell into place. I was like, uh, you know, I did the very, like, baby trans girl thing. It was like, I could study this. Like, I could just make my whole life about this, Um, you know. And now... (laughs) Now I have, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been cool. You know, it's like not a thing people typically think about in 18th century literature. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, there are some other trans women I know who are adjacent to the field or, or sort of loosely in the field, but people aren't really studying this very much. And so I have like a reputation in my field as like the person doing trans femininity, uh, which has afforded me a lot of cool opportunities. So I just kind of stumbled into doing this and it's been good for me. That's awesome.
2: That's, like, a very, very cool area of study. I, like, the 18th century is, like, right, like, exactly my cutoff. Like, everything that happens after 1800 is fascinating to me. And then, like, mm-hmm. the 18th century, I'm like, oh, yes, restoration, like, Fopling flutter. That, like, yeah. that's the part of, like, surfopling flutter is really it. Like, that's, <laughs> although, wait, also, there is... I think a Ben Johnson play called The Silent Woman about, I believe, a trans person, although that might be 17th century. That'd be century. earlier,
1: yeah. Earlier, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's actually yeah. Yeah, quite a... There's a lot I'm of shit. To, yeah, I was going to say, 17th century has some some stuff we could definitely point to. For sure. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like the 18th century is like this void for people. It's just like, we know Shakespeare and we know, you know, like maybe up into the the interregnum, like we know Oliver Cromwell. And then it's just like... I don't know anything after that, right? And, like, so many people are that way. I don't know really what the the reason is for that, but...
2: Didn't they shut down, like, there was a period where, like, theater was just, like, illegal? Like, that's the very cursory understanding. I'm like, oh, they didn't do plays, and then suddenly there was, like, the restoration, and they were like, oh, we do plays again, and they were all very silly and fun. Ish. And,
1: like, very gay and, like, very, very erotic. And, yeah, like, it was, like, a total... Because, you know, the, the, the Commonwealth was very Puritan and kind of dour. And and after that, it was, like, you know, uh, James II came back and was, like, the party king. Like, it was... Yeah, I mean, really. Um, and you look at some of the, the, the poetry and the plays from that time period, it's, like, whoa. Like, even now, it's kind of shocking. You read Rochester's uh, Sodom play, and it's, like whoa so yes
2: and wait was clarissa and like those when everyone was writing the like a tale of virtue like that's yeah um 18th century yeah that i know like a tiny teeny amount of that but it's also like yeah i was trying to read a lot of that stuff in college but at a certain point i was like this is just like a man describing a very elaborate rape scheme and i'm, I'm not sure i want to go with full 1200 yeah. pages on this i'm like hmm
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Unfortunately,
2: there's a lot of that. But yeah. that's throughout history, sadly.
1: Yeah, Clarissa's also, you know, kind of a, a beast to get through. <laughs> you you picked like the longest one, so <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and the, yeah, there are like a million other ones. But yeah, it it is weird because it's like we don't talk about it with the excitement of like the 19th century when it's sort of like every it feels like the narrative of history is like and then queer shit started and it's like well no
1: (laughs) yeah exactly i mean that's the thing right it's it's not true like there's so much queer literature culture people history that exists prior to like lord byron or oscar wilde or whenever you start it you know right so so yeah that's what i i don't know it's like a a process of recovery that's kind of how i think about it it's like this stuff's there i might as well be the one to to present it to people.
0: What's your life like outside of grad school? Do you still have a life outside of grad school or are you Barely. at that point where it's, yeah?
1: I, uh, yeah, I mean, I do. I'm trying to have more of a life outside of grad school. Uh, you know, I'm working on a dissertation right now, so that takes up a lot of time, but, and I teach and, but, uh, I, I bake a lot. Um, if, if, uh, you follow me on Twitter, you probably see pictures of bread every once in a while that I put up and cookies and stuff. Uh, I love baking. I take care of houseplants and stuff. I don't know, it's a very, like, cottage cottagecore sort of lifestyle, I guess. I try not to be, like, too twee, but I don't know. It's the stuff I like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now, like, does anyone really have a life, I guess? <laughs> like, I sit in my apartment nope. and <laughs> think about what it used to be like to go to coffee shops. That's kind of my life right now. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I have, I have other hobbies. I like video games, and I, I play Dungeons & Dragons with some friends online every week, and nice nerd shit, I guess.
2: Wait, so what's your uh, dissertation about?
1: Knowing that I'm kind of the the person doing trans femininity studies in this period, I'm I'm trying to set up kind of a foundation of like what trans feminine studies is like in the 18th century. Although I mean, primarily for me right now, that's a lot about dysphoria. Um, That's how I tend to read things. It's based off of some, uh, there's a, a medieval scholar, a trans woman uh, M.W. Bykowski, she does kind of dysphoria reading in the medieval period um, in this really like interesting, kind of uh, really strange way. And so I've brought a lot of that to bear in the 18th century. But, but it's a kind of broad, like I start in like 1680 with Margaret Cavendish, The Convent of Pleasure, which is a very trans play. I go all the way to Lord Byron uh, to his play Manfred, so all the way into the 19th century. And just in that whole time period, what I'm trying to, to show is... You know, the 18th century was a very dynamic period for gender. Like, things changed a lot. We moved from this very kind of fluid, playful space to the kind of, like, biological essentialism that might seem maybe more familiar to us today. And so what I'm interested in is is how do people in, in literature respond to that, and how does that look trans, and especially how does that look trans-feminine, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, so so dysphoria euphoria is kind of my my framework among other things, but that's that's one of the big things I'm looking at and so I just take a whole bunch of texts and try to figure it out and my hope is that eventually someone will have, you know, more like more specific, more inspi- insightful things to say at some point, but someone's got to start, so
0: awesome. Well, on that note, let's move on into the episode.